Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of August 2, 2010. Trying to be upbeat. <laughs> Told last week I didn't start upbeat enough. Now you're monotone Woo! upbeat. Am I? <laughs> now you're fake upbeat. Robotic. Dude, that, that wasn't very genuine upbeat. That wasn't genuine? Hey, I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. Nice. Thanks for joining us. And I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> Who else is here today? Jackie Rotaco, account coordinator with Interval. And uh, Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. Say welcome, guys. It's great to have you. Welcome, guys. Oh, that's good. I'm trying to be upbeat. (laughs) You are. I have some updates for you. Let's hear them. Uh, Booger Doctor heard our podcast Mm -hmm. and wants us to know that he has both Boog or and boog er, oh. which I knew would be important to you, Adam, because you were <laughs> a little skeptical they didn't have the er, but he does. He actually has the URL. Oh, nice. Doctor dot com. Nice. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. Yep. And he has Cute. the boog or in case anybody spells it differently, which is what we would recommend. Is there any other way to spell booger? You think people use a u? Booger, bugger, B U G, maybe. That's not a good word. See, now I'm not sure what's going on there. He, he should just redirect it. Maybe we yeah. can give him that advice. Well, if you, if you go to boogerdoctor.com without the www, it takes you to a Google Apps homepage, it looks like. Right. But great branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. For Dr. Booger. Actually, it looks like <laughs> even with the www, it goes there. Yeah, he just. He, I think he just needs he to just redirect one yeah. to the other one. The website, the other web, the other one, the other spelling is a website. Oh, his O R the O R O R is his website. If E R gives you to a Google page, I should. I'll I'll uh, tweet him back and let him know. So anyway, just thought we would clarify that. I promised him we would update that. Cool. I knew you were concerned, Adam. Okay. <laughs> in the news, we have lots of stuff in the news. We Should do. we start with something? Well, there's a couple, I think, positive things. I think they're positive. How about Mayo Clinic opening a social media center? Yeah, that's I interesting. That. Mm-hmm. That's, and it's not just for them. It's for, it's like a training center for other for hospitals, hospitals, right? Right. Yeah. Looks like, and it looks like it's going to be kind of a paid model consulting service of some sort. Workshops, consulting, mm-hmm. conferences. Uh, I'm assuming Lee Ozzy pull this together he certainly would be a right. part of it. it says he's helping to lead it so i don't know if he's the leader or whatever but uh i think it's fantastic yeah it would be interesting to hear it'd be interesting to sit in on some of them to hear yeah their perspective and their well, we lessons should go learned. to a conference no yeah definitely definitely part of me likes it because I don't know why I say this, but I, if I were a hospital marketing executive, I would trust Liazi and the Mayo Clinic over any ad agency, PR firm, anybody else out there, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, and I don't, I don't mind like sending people there. If somebody wants social media consulting, we could do it as part of an engagement. But <clears> we've <throat> always said it's just, it's not like it's a. We kind of scoffed and laughed at at big agencies that are you know moving everything to social media, and, and you just go well. How do you charge people for this? This isn't, there's expertise behind it, but it's, it's a seminar. It's not a, like you need a PR expert like you do to manage your PR over time or advertising, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like that aspect. 
I like that it's almost a, an objective source. I mean, you still are paying them, um, but I guess I would trust them more Yeah. than all the other snake oil salesmen that are out there, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more about that later with another interesting article. Uh, and then, it, and then Ed Bennett. So we always like to quote Ed Bennett because he's the he's the official tracker of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this article, it says, and this is Star Tribune uh, article, by the way, which we'll post a link to. He says just fifteen to twenty percent of the nation's five thousand hospitals are using social media. So that's kind of the, what we've been talking about before. It's a mi- it's a minority. Small minority. Right. It'll be interesting to – is that broken out by, like, rural hospital and city hospital? I probably asked that before. Yes, we've talked about that mm-hmm. before. Yeah. And, the, and the number of hospitals that I've heard is actually 6,000. So he may be taking some large chunk out, maybe the VA, uh, maybe some other kind of hospital well, to get down to five. Right. Um, I would hope that – But then it would include any hospital. Right. And, Yeah. I mean, I, I, when you look at when you look at rural hospitals, especially in towns like you know two thousand ish size, you know it's it's you've got one person in charge of marketing and HR and a number of other hats that they're wearing, and you know it's arguable. I, I think social media could be used with any organization of any size, but in a, in a small, I think of my hometown, right, Madison, Minnesota, where I grew up, and I I, I don't know that if I were working on a, a communications plan for them that social media would necessarily be oh come on included yes, it would. in a big you way. wouldn't tell them to have a Facebook page I I said in a big way I oh, don't well. know that yeah Facebook would or for sure for sure Twitter. I know there is a there's a significant percentage of, of people in in even small towns that are on Facebook mm-hmm. Twitter Twitter is yeah. less much less so. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it depends on the channel that you're going to want to use Facebook for sure. I mean, in fact, I, I might recommend to some that get yourself on Facebook and let that be your primary presence. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That's it. That's all we have to say on that for that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. But, but like I said, too. it'd be, it'd be interesting to know what the figures are if, if, if rural hospitals are included in there, because if so, it's, it doesn't seem like such Maybe not quite so I'm drastic sure of a statistic. We figure that out for the next podcast. I'm sure. Yeah, because we keep get like yeah. every, just get, speculating. Is that yeah, work? No, it'd be great to see. It would be great to just see metro area hospitals <laughs> and what percentage of those. So, are so the now way you might do be, it would be to me the way to do it is not just metro, but pick a bed size. Right, right. Fifty or more, hundred right. or more, or something. Right. And what I'm percentage sure five thousand includes all hospitals, yes. even like the fifteen or twenty. Beds. So now, then you might be looking at I don't know sixty. Plus percent, which in which case might not be quite so. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Story number two, also from the Star Tribune, who, by the way, killed another tree when I tried to print these damn things out. Yeah. Just quit printing all the So annoying. I know. Is there extra advertising on there too? No, actually, when you you hit the... Oh, there is. What's at the bottom? When you hit the print button, print this story, it's nice. It's still longer than it needs to be, but at least it's three pages and it's nicely presented. Still advertising on it. If you just print from the website, this sucker was like 12 pages long, banner ad. Yeah, yeah. Just have you tried? Have you tried Insta paper? Insta papering some of these articles. That's right? a good idea. I have yeah. not. That's too much trouble when I'm just trying to print it out for the podcast. You hit. You <laughs> add the Insta paper link to your to your menu bar. Browser. Hit it. 
and then it's added. Now you just open it there and print it. But it would probably still do this. No, no, it wouldn't do that. It, it scrapes the site and pulls the text. It leaves everything else. Oh, out. nice. So it's like a Word document? Yeah. If you've ever used like a Kindle or something, yeah. um, you know how you can – it's an e-reader. It basically t- scrapes a website, pulls the content down, puts it in an e-reader format. Like oh, cool. I, I typically – I don't really read many articles on websites these days. I, I instapaper it, and I read it on my iPad because now I can scroll through it with like a nice paginated – settings or you can scroll it if you want very handy i like it cool I don't know. okay so uh the story is called twin cities orthopedic clinics in a battle of broken bones clever very clever <laughs> clarice uh, and maybe this isn't a maybe this is like old news in other markets it's a little bit old news here actually uh but it's a story about twin cities orthopedics which is the state's biggest orthopedics practice And they've opened a new facility here in the metro uh, that's basically a standalone orthopedic ED. So Mm -hmm. here's here's how it's described. These new standalone centers are peeling off a subset of orthopedic care. Patients with stress stress fractures or sprains and strains who aren't in critical condition by promising quick access to an orthopedic surgeon, bypassing a long wait in the ER, or initial visit to their primary care physician. Wow, that's a Joseph Heller-like sentence. And by the way, when it's printed out like this, word breaks everywhere. Yeah. So that's why I was struggling because it was like strains and sprains W, ho, aren't in critical condition. Such a great example of traditional media struggling to I know. make money somehow. Let's see how many ads we can cram into the, into the printout. Okay. Here's more. They're also set up to handle more complicated cases, including some partial joint replacements, uh, procedures that are increasingly migrating out of the hospital setting. So this is what I like. These centers are appealing to increasingly demanding patients who may be on high deductible plans or stressed about missing too much work during an uncertain economy or just don't want to wait in the freaking ER. Oh, right. <laughs> right? Yeah. You sprained your ankle. You could be there for three hours. So I think, that's, I think it's good from a mm-hmm. consumer perspective. Uh, Where which is, is located? Sorry, where is uh, it's in Edina. Okay, it's right on uh, sixty-two, I believe. Do you think people wouldn't even know to go there? You That's know, because you have you you have a very strong healthcare background. Would Joe Blow even have the slightest clue? No, that he could go. Here versus the ER when he's sprained his No, ankle. that's part of their challenge is having to educate the public right. and build awareness. And it talks about how the first one of these in our, in our area was TRIA, which is massive. And that was in 2005. It's the one down on France in 494. Yeah, a massive, massive facility, uh, which saw 12,000 acute injury patients in its clinic. It's all outpatient uh, so far this year. And they lost money at first, right? But now they're making yep, some money. That's what it says. It lost money at first, but now it is. And then there's this the co founder of Tria has this somewhat snide comment. Mimicry is the highest form of flattery, he said. <laughs> They'll be successful and will be successful. Now, that brings up another point by a fantastic uh, healthcare guru from our market, former US Senator Dave Dernberger, who really knows healthcare and knows it at a societal level. So now we're at the healthcare reform kind of talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his point is the more, here's what he says the more devices that come out, the more opportunities to improve your golf game. <laughs> the issue for all of us is medical necessity. There's a lot of judgment by a surgeon whether you're going to need surgery. And a lot of surgeries are unnecessary. Unnecessary. Very good. So his point is now we've added another 
supply. And in most markets, that would drive down price. But in healthcare, as we've said before, it's going to increase the number of surgeries, MRIs, right. and all that just because it's right. there. Right. Mm-hmm. And my, yeah. And my question was, when I, when I saw this headline and saw that this center was open, my, the first thing I thought of was, do we, do we need this? Does our market need this? Does it need it? Are the other are the existing centers organizations not are they at capacity? Can they not take more people? Well, Twin Cities Orthopedics comes back and says they're not adding capacity; they're just consolidating what they had already. So I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but that's a very good question, and it depends on how you're looking at it. Are you looking at it from a societal right. healthcare reform standpoint, right. or are you looking at it from a competitive market standpoint? Both, kind of, really. Well, but they're different in healthcare. That's the problem. In well, they a competitive are, they're, market, they're two, yeah, they're different, but there's they're two. There's it's still a moot question. Two things you have to yeah, I mean, consider in a competitive market. Who cares if there is or isn't it? They'll survive or they'll thrive. But the problem in healthcare is they may thrive even if there isn't a need, and that's where it becomes a cost issue right. for all of us and that mm-hmm. gets into the that's form. what that's what former senator Durenberg is getting at uh and then there's just one more thing i want to point out which i thought was interesting um i always love this right because we talked about this with the mayo clinic expanding in the twin cities and they talk to people who are in the twin cities who are you know nobody's honest nobody goes holy crap the mayo Clinic's going to open cv services in the twin cities <laughs> right i mean if you're a if you're a a heart center that exists in the Twin Cities, you've got to be threatened by that. If you're not, you're naive or stupid. But nobody <laughs> says that. Yeah. They just go, oh, we're not worried. So here again, area hospitals say they aren't worried about the new centers cannibalizing <laughs> their business. But then the very next sentence, in fact, Fairview Southdale Hospital is investing in a 50% stake in the surgery center portion of the new Edina Center. Well, that kind of says that you're... right. You're, you're worried enough about it, you're going to invest in it. Right. Or you see enough benefit in the business that's going to come to it that you want to make sure you're getting a taste of that pie. Mm-hmm. So that seems to contradict itself, one right. sentence right after right. the other. And I think it's fine that Fairview's doing that. I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying, come on. This is sapping business away from inpatient hospital medical centers. If you're a system like Fairview, you probably have enough other outpatient or a line that you don't care. It's just shifting it to another part of your system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're standalone or in some other way are threatened by this, come on. Let's say you're not worried about it. I don't know. It's just me. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. <laughs> okay. Anything else on that? So I wonder what other people in other markets say if they're like, yeah, that's old news. It is kind of old news. Uh, but, it, you know, in, in this market, it's heating up. Mm-hmm. It mentioned a couple other places that are doing the same thing in this market. So it's not just Twin Cities Orthopedics and, and Trio. Okay. Let's spend the rest of our time talking about this really interesting article in Business Week. And I wonder if we're supposed to call it Bloomberg Business Week now. I don't know. Hmm. But it looks like when I print out the – and when I print out this story, note the – Straight text, no ads, no BS. Yeah, notice no Star Tribune. Beautiful for I mean they they yes. that, does yeah, look the, so that was there's a style sheet specifically set up for that to print right. nicely so right. that you can read it easily. Right. Wish all you could see it out there in podcast land, but trust us. <laughs> so this is a story that came out in the magazine, that's where I first start, on July fifteenth. 
Uh, and it's called Twitter, Twitter, Little Stars. That's cute. It is cute. And I think it, <laughs> it reflects the almost condescending tone of this whole article. Twitter, Twitter, Little Stars. Here's the subhead. All right. That's, I'm going to argue you're, okay. that that's condescending. Well, but first, let me set my argument set and you up. can debate it. The subhead says, as customers make or break brands online, companies rush to hire social media directors, dot, 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 and figure out what they do. So the story is all about companies hiring social media professionals to help them manage social media. Right. Uh, and so here's the thing that caught me with the story is I think it's a great story to read. It's very entertaining. Uh, it actually paints a very good picture of why these organizations need it. But then on the same hand, it almost belittles this. It, it treats it like it's a fad or a gold rush. And here are some quotes before you push back, Adam, that I think support that. So just the title, Twitter, Twitter, Little Stars. And then it says, second paragraph, across the country, companies like Petco are going through a two-step process. First, they scramble to hire social media officers. Second, they figure out what it is exactly that social media officers do. So that makes it sound like it's a bunch of chickens running out their heads cut off. Now, I know there's some truth in that, but it's a little uh, condescending, I think. All right. Later, opportunities in corporate social media are popping up faster than cat videos on YouTube. So, again, equating it to some puffy trivia nonsensical thing like cat videos. Uh, and then later it says – Cat videos aren't trivial, though. <laughs> I know. We spent a lot of time in <laughs> my house watching them. Much of the justification for the corporate spending, however, on this profession is anecdotal. As company chiefs find themselves chasing another new, new thing in the digital world, they're doing, so, they doing so as much on faith and emotion as on metrics and case history. The hiring spree satisfies two key constituencies. Chief executives who can now reassure themselves that they have someone in-house dedicated to catering to fickle web-serving consumers – and self-styled experts in the American workforce finding a way to capitalize on the corporate fever for Internet A-Go-Go, Web 2.0. So there's like three things in there. Internet A-Go-Go, <laughs> the new, new thing. And, and it's condescending in that it's saying the hiring spree satisfies worried chief executives and snake oil salesmen. How about the consumers who are on social media that want to engage companies through social media? Yeah, Wouldn't this be... To help them and engage them, it is. But here's here's All right, why. Now go ahead, Adam. All right, here's why I. Off you go. If if I were taken to ta if I were asked to write this article, I would probably write that same article in the same tone with the same. That's what I would write because I agree. I agree. I think I I don't think that it's belittling. What I think it is is this. I think that you've got a lot of you've got a lot of marketers. You've got people in. Whatever letter, level, from leadership on down, who you know, you, they went to school. They're in the workplace. They're applying what they've learned in school, and for some reason, haven't really kept up with the evolution of communication channels to the degree that they probably should have. So, social media kind of starts creeping up, and somehow it didn't enter their radar at any point until all of a sudden it was big, and now they're scrambling to try to figure it out. And what that says to me is that there's a lot of communicators out there who just are not they're for lack of a better way to say it they're not doing their job because they're not right staying current with what's going on they're looking at old school channels and they're ignoring how the mediums are evolving and where people are going to communicate all marketers 
who are worth their salt should should have already been on top of it. They should know that if, if you're interested in the, the profession, it's not just something you do nine to five. It's actually something that is a passion of yours or something you love to do. You should have known what was going on. You should have a clue about what it is and how to potentially start using it to your advantage. So, and I think that's the person who wrote this article is probably coming from that perspective. He's rolling his eye here. He or she, I don't want to, his is, name is Felix Gillette. Rolling his eyes uh, because he thinks I'm talking to, here's a bunch of people who should have been aware of this. And now they're kind of scrambling to figure out what to do with it. So that's, that's where I think he's coming from. And I agree with that. So and now there's, and there's another interesting point he made in there too, about, you know, self-proclaimed experts coming up in the field now. Mm-hmm. And I think his, the, the quote he used was, you know, they've got a terrific, they, they're, they're extremely active on Twitter and have a, have a nice blog, but they've never ever put any of that into real right. practical business applications. So mm-hmm. would you though, everything you just said, I think argues that this, this profession is needed. And that's the that's the distinguish I'm making. I think in this article we should get other people's opinion. It's, but it is. there's there's one thing about scrambling to catch up, right, and making fun of organizations who who are chickens with their heads cut off trying to catch up, which he does. But he also seems to be dinging that it's even needed. Yeah, like it's bit. this is a fad. This is you're 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 scrambling. You're spending all this money. You're sweating all this stuff. And it and it and why it's really not needed. And that's the part that I'm. See, I don't know that I took that for. away from it necessarily. Okay. I took it away more that he's looking at. Not that he's looking at this as a fad, but he's looking at marketing in general as something that's constantly evolving and something that you you always need to be aware of. He what, never says what's that. Going on. He calls well, it well, the no, new, I don't, new thing. Well, you don't you don't need to. I don't think you need to specifically say things like that to kind of pull away from – if you look at the deeper meaning, at least that's the deeper meaning I, I pull from but, it. But what about the quote I just read where he says, the hiring spree satisfies two key constituencies, chief executives who are panicked mm-hmm. and – what does he call them? <clears throat> Self-styled experts in the American workforce finding a way to capitalize on the corporate fever. That sounds like – Again, that sounds like two people that don't, you know, the CEO doesn't know what he's doing and these so-called snake oil SM experts. There's nothing in there about well, the CEO. It's, it's, it's satisfying a need. It's satisfying a real need for organizations to connect with their right, but constituencies. How, the point is how did you get to the point in which you had that need? It was by not being aware of what was going on until all of a sudden it's this big mainstream right. well, We're thing. just going to have to agree to disagree. We'll I see think, what I think we think. agree. I don't think we. I think you already said you you agree with that in theory. I don't think we disagree. I agree that they shouldn't be scrambling, but I think he is saying that now are they scrambling? They're scrambling for something that they don't need to scramble for, and that's the part that. I get. And then here's the. Can I give you the cap? I just didn't take that away. Okay. Well, that's what I mean. We can agree to disagree. Here's the part that I actually blogged about. So this is again where he just trivializes trivializes it. So he's talking about how this you know hiring hiring hiring. The chief social media officer may be supplanting the chief branding officer as the zaniest human resource of innovation and memory. Oh, the, com- I, the, com- the comparison bit. of social media yeah, officers like and branding, branding officers. Is, like a chief yeah, branding officer is a zany, ridiculous, <laughs> why would you even consider well, having I, I, that? I th- and I think, again, it depends on the angle at which he's coming from. If he's... It's very likely, and I, I mean, I, I feel like I share his mindset a little bit in the sense that some of this stuff should be duh stuff on some level, um, in that 
if you, I mean, if you look at it this way, if you've got leadership who understands that what branding really is, that everything that everybody in your organization does creates your brand and leads the organization with that mindset. So everything from your, from housekeeping to uh, your, your, your nurses and physicians, everybody is working to create a great experience. You know, you've got an organizational culture that's driven by ex- patient experience and thus creating a great brand. Um, I don't know that in a setting like that you necessarily need a chief branding officer yeah, I would because disagree. because your you're, because your your culture is driven by that. But now. somebody still has to focus on that. You should, but I don't know. I mean, it seems to me a lot of times chief branding officers, quote unquote, are brought in to try to change culture. It's like, all right, we know we have a brand image problem, or we know we want to start devoting resources to improving that, or mm-hmm. to, to so we're going to bring in this brand image. Officer, we're well, going to create this image pre- is different position. than branding, brand, right? Br- either, well, okay. well, yeah. So you're going to bring in this person who's going to lead the charge, and but that person's not the. If it's not coming top down, we we always say that if it's not coming from the top, if your leadership doesn't buy into it, right. your organization's going to is not is probably not going to right. adapt it. That's fair, but I mean, it doesn't mean that if with if the CEO is on board, you don't need any chief anybody's. You have a chief financial officer because somebody manages the finances. You have a chief operations officer. No, and I don't think I don't think that's his point either. He's just kind of rolling his eyes at it because I and I agree. I think well, it's that's somewhat of we'll a agree to disagree, it's somewhat yeah. of a band aid fix to just bring to try to bring someone in to change culture. Jackie's when, like a tennis match. <laughs> To try to bring somebody in to change culture when that's probably not. You're reading culture. into a statement that chief branding officers are fine, but they're often over misused. I'm reading a statement that chief branding officer is a zany, crazy right. statement to begin with. Overall, yes, yeah, I, I just, I'm just says. reading it differently. He doesn't, yeah. I don't, no I don't, other, I'm telling you, man, go back and reread it. I, I read it twice. Can, I'm not going to read right. it again. I'm no. just saying that when I read it, I don't, I'm not taking away what you took away. I've okay. taken away. Well, more I'm of taking a, it away and I still will take it away. <laughs> so take that. So anyway, I don't know who should be more offended anyway, branding people or social media people by that statement. I don't think either should be. Somebody should be. You, you clearly are. <laughs> I am because I think branding is essential. Of course and because it is. Zany is just ridiculous. I a brand saying, is often the biggest asset you on your are balance sheet. Absolutely correct, but so, I think I think his. I don't think that's the point he's trying to get at. Okay. I think he's he's saying hiring someone to come in and try to do that role is uh, zany. effort and futility. Right, and that's that's <laughs> zany. That's a zany statement. That's a zany statement. So you never need a chief branding officer. You never need somebody to lead your branding efforts. Of course, you, I, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't. I well, said that to really well, do it and live it, it needs to come from the top down, and that's I not know. your chief branding officer. But the chief branding officer is there to guide it, just like you have a chief finance. Officer. I mean, you have all these executives it, for a reason. Fair enough. Maybe I'm still not okay. going to say it. if you've got an organization. No, if you've got an organization <laughs> who leadership is driving that effort, and and people value working there because of that and they live it and they know that and they understand that yes you can I'm buy going without to it say, i'm not, not even that you can get by without it but i think you've got enough people f- almost everybody is filling that role to some extent already that i don't know that that yes but that particular individual is needed we don't live in kumbaya land and if you look at mayo clinic and starbucks and nike and all the great brands we talk about they have chief branding officers 
So I'm not it's not by accident that they're it. I'm, I'm where just saying that, that the way that it, he sets okay. it up, I think, is in the – Well, that's why I think we're not seeing eye to eyes. You think he's saying it's fine to have, but in some cases it's bad. I'm thinking he's saying it's zany as a rule because I don't see anything else where he says, you know, it's okay to have this stuff, but it's just a well, little over the top. He, he seems to be saying this is all over the top. So we'll have to – maybe we'll have to solicit – Others in the yeah, audience to see. People should read it and let us know. Yes. Fair enough. Can we leave it there? Adam looks like he wants to jump across. <laughs> no, <laughs> He's like, <"Oi." laughs> All right. You want the last word? Passionate. Go ahead. You can have the last word. No, I'm, I'm good. You're good? All right. <laughs> okay. So am I. Are you good? Do you have any thoughts on it? Well, what do you think? Break the tie. I have a tendency to lean more towards what Chris is thinking. But, I mean, I, I can see both sides. And it's just, I read it more the way that Chris did, but he also pulled out all the comments that would. Yeah, well, you're, it's a you're great way. article. It's still a good article, yeah. It's a great article, yes. for sure. For sure. And you, and you're, you're, you're 100% correct in that I am somewhat anti the man. <laughs> it all <laughs> so comes I, 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 I think that a minimal amount of interference at anything from the man is... Ultimately, going to get you better results. And you have a blog post this week on your own blog. Oh yeah, it's a, that we yeah. should provide a link to because you kind of talk about that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll put a link to it. But it's just a, it's a, a, a Andy Rutledge a designer blogger that I follow. Um, just an interesting story on, article on professionalism and integrity and mm-hmm. sticking to your standards and uses a, a, some comparison to some philosophy from Plato. So check it out. Plato twice. We talked about Plato earlier, didn't we? I don't think so. Was that, like Plato. Oh, that was last week. No, P-L-A-Y-D-O-H. we talked about Plato and the cow. Oh, yeah. We yeah. talked about branding. No, no not, not Plato. <laughs> Why don't we have any Plato in this office, by we the should, way? We should have Plato in this office. That is the GAC? best stress, stress reliever. Yeah. I vote Gak. What's Gak? Gak. Was that that sticky stuff? Yeah, it was really gross. Remember that stuff that was in the garbage pail, snot or whatever it was? That green stuff? What was that called? It wasn't snot. It left like a residue on your hand. Yeah, but it was something like residue. Booger. It was booger something, wasn't it? Garbage. Play-Doh and booger. Did you say it was garbage pail kids? Yeah. No, it was an actual thing you bought. It was in a a plastic garbage can, and he poured it out. And it was like a liquid silly putty that was fluorescent green. And it was yeah. seriously called oh, yeah, snot yeah, yeah. or yeah. liquid boogers. I, or I remember it. Snot in a can. <laughs> but that, yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, let's leave it there. Wait, yeah, for, we want to remind people, don't forget to RSVP to our party. Yes. August 12th. I believe we've signed you two to play. We did what? You guys Ooh. didn't know that. I was going to announce it earlier. You oh, two. two is in the band. I Bono was going to be in town. Oh, yeah, I'm like, he let me know they were free that night. And I said, you should come to Vix and play our party. So we still so, have to sign the final paper. But, but he's busy. So, so if, if he ends up canceling, do yeah, If anybody was teetering, <laughs> you two may make an appearance. Who else is there? Just Oprah, Oprah was coming, I think. No, just you two right President. now. President Obama. Mm-hmm. Yep. We That's might be it. turning people away. <laughs> no, yeah, I was That's trying all. to entice them. Sorry, it's just, it's just you two. political and They're not we just lost half our audience. <laughs> or 42% of our audience, according to the last... Zogby poll. Okay. <laughs> Don't forget to come to our website and RSVP. Yes. And we'll or see you at info at thinkinterval.com. Info mm-hmm. at thinkinterval.com. We want you to be there. B-square. Bono do. wants you to be there. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. 
For Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritacco. Adam Meyer. We will talk to you next week. Bye.